morning. I hope you guys are all warm and enjoying winter. At least we have some snow on the ground. It's not just cold. All right, so um, we've been in this series on evangelism, and I, I want to encourage you. Uh, we have the box back there. If you lost your envelope, if you lost your bookmark, there are some in the basket there. I want to encourage you. We're going to have that box out there for a while, um, but I want to encourage you to continue to pray. Ask God, who is it that... Uh, you should be sharing the gospel with this year. Um, be praying about that. Pray who that is. Um, and so, so we've been talking about sharing the gospel, and we spoke about the, the how. How do we share the gospel? And, and we've said it's, it's in the midst of these intentional relationships that we've got to foster these intentional relationships. We've actually got to spend time with people um, asking questions, asking those questions. And uh, today we're going to deal with a, a topic that, Man, it's a great question to ask. Um, and so, so we'll get into that. And then last week, Jason was speaking about what we share. What is it that we share? What is the gospel that we share? And it's, it's the whole gospel. It's the complete gospel. It's not just, just one part of it, but it's the whole gospel. And, and I often think of the gospel in terms of a shift of allegiance. Okay? There's, there's this shift that happens in when, when I came to Christ, when I accepted Him as Savior, there was a shift of allegiance where, where I realized that I am, I am no longer on the throne. I, th- I think ultimately that's the, there's two people who can be on the throne. It's either me, and Satan will trick me into all different ways of getting that, or God. And, and there's that shift of allegiance that says, I, I submit to God, I repent, and I come, and God is God, and I am not. And, and so the full gospel of all of that, that, that repentance, that coming to God, that acknowledging that we need a Savior, that He is our Savior, and then, and then giving all of who we are to Him and continuing to do that. So how we share the gospel, what we share. And this morning's the last in the series. Next week, Jason's going to be back in Romans. Um, why? Why share? What's at stake here? Um, and Jason's mentioned it. We're going to be talking about heaven and hell this morning. Because that's, if you think about it, that's what's at stake here. Um, sharing the gospel, there's a lot at stake here. Yes, we ask the question, does it matter if I share or not? Does it really matter to those around me, to those um, that I have already have relationships with? Does it matter if I share or not? And yes, it matters and it matters for eternity. Okay? It matters and it matters for eternity. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to do a... I, this is not so much we're going to do a, a survey. And, and uh, if you guys have used Kahoot before, get out your phones, get out your tablets. We're going to do this electronically. Okay? It's not so much... I, I don't want you to focus on what other people are answering. It's more about you and... Um, what your answer is. Okay, so get out your phone. If you have a phone or, or any electronic device that can access the web and go to, um, in your browser, go to kahoot.it. Kahoot.it. And uh, it's going to be like a live game. We're going to be see, and we're going to have a number up here. Kahoot. K-A-H-O-O-T. Dot I-T. Okay, and it's going to ask for a code. And as soon as we get up there, We'll get it. 
And it, anyway, so we're going to go there, and I'm going to ask you to your, your answers. So first of all, you're going to have to put in a code that will come up, and then you've got to put in a name. And, and we want to keep this anonymous, so don't use like your first and last name because people can see your answer. Uh, so just make up a name, you know. There we go. Join the survey at kahoot.it. That's the game pin, 7180467. That's the music. That's the music that came up. Okay, so that's what it was. As soon as that happened, I knew what was going on there. And so um, pop in that, that survey code, and you know who's there. Dave, yeah? Diego? Okay, so we'll, we'll kind of gather players, uh, pop in that code. And, and we just have four questions this morning, okay? And, and the questions are not so much for you to find out who believes in what around you, but rather for you to kind of, for yourself, to um, 30 players. Okay, we're going to start. I think you can continue joining as we go. Is anyone having problems and really wants me to wait? Okay. All right, 35. That's awesome. Okay, so there we go. Wow, we've got a lot of techie people out there. Okay, we can kill the music. It's not good music. So, uh, all right, I think we can start, and, and I think you can continue to join as we go. Um, so the first question. All right, let's go start. Okay. We're going to watch the video again. No, there we go. Okay, hit start there. Okay. All right. Life after death. Four questions. Okay. We're going we're gonna to kind of explore this a little bit. I want to know what you... So here's your first question. Do you believe heaven is a real place? Okay. And, and please be honest. We don't know who's answering. We're not going to track this in any way. Do you believe heaven is a real place? You have 20 seconds there. And it's either, the answer is either yes, uh, maybe, or no. Okay. And so if you have the little red triangle, pop that on your screen if you believe yes. Um, Yellow circle, if you believe no. If you're undecided, maybe. And we'll actually get to see the answers here. 46 answers. Awesome. Look at that. All right, we don't have to talk about that much. Um, cool, cool. Okay. Do you believe heaven is a real place? Yeah, I can go, you guys can all go home now. <laughs> all right, no, let's, next question. Do you believe hell is a real place? When we speak about hell, we're talking about Eternal, real place, real people going to it. Yes, maybe, or no? Yeah, okay. Scott just said, I mean, we're in church here, okay? But if you ask the rest of the world these questions, and when I said in, in that relationship, asking questions, these are great questions. Uh, this is a great, hey, so what, what happens to you when you die? Do you believe heaven's real? Do you believe hell's real? Um, okay. So, uh, hell, it's a lot easier to believe in heaven than hell. A lot easier. Okay, let's do another one. Do you believe both are eternal and forever? And eternal means without end. Both, and we're talking about both here. Heaven and hell. Eternal, forever, unchanging, Okay. You guys are quick on the draw there. Okay. 
Not the same. Okay? It is that hell question. It really is that hell question. And, and, and I want to explore that. And, and when I use the word hell, I'm not cussing here. Okay? We're talking about a real place. Okay. Let's do the last question. Um, and this is personal. This is real personal. Do you know? Do you personally know um, for sure? Yes, heaven for sure. Um, kind of hoping for heaven. I'm, you know, I'm hoping I get in there and I'm not sure why. Or um, this is undecided. I don't know yet. I'm unsure. Um, and again, please be honest. We're not going to track you down by, you know, I don't know who Diego is or whoever those names were. So yes, for sure. I'm hoping we're still undecided. Okay. Yes, for sure. I'm hoping that's still undecided. Cool. Thanks for your honesty, folks. I, I, I think part of it is it's, it's interesting to see what other folks say, but, but for ourselves to, to answer those questions, um, it's, it's really important. Okay. That's all. I hope that was helpful um, for you in terms of just actually having to answer those questions um, and, and, and just to, to maybe kind of cement or, or, or really drive that stake in the sand or drive that stake into the concrete about what you believe. And, and um, I mean, obviously, for those of you who, who didn't answer the yeses, I, we're always available and open if you have questions. And, I, and hopefully this question is going to raise some more questions. And what we speak about today is going to raise some more questions, okay? So why share the gospel? Because this matters. Because I believe um, that heaven and hell are real places. And that real people are going to one or the other. Okay? Now, why? Why, why do I say that? And, and why, why? I mean, how do we know that? Is this just something that the church has gone like, hey, let's make up these two really cool places, or one hot and one cool, and, 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 and we'll kind of um, use that as a stick to, to motivate people to live good lives and to give money and to, you know, kind of be responsible citizens. And this is a really good idea. Let's, let's kind of create this fable. Why am I saying this? Why do I believe that heaven and hell are real? Um, I, I say that because I, I believe that Jesus Christ is a very credible witness to this. He's a very credible witness to um, the reality of both heaven and hell, both by his actions and by his words. Okay? Um, and, and, and we ask this question, why share? Why share the gospel? Because heaven and hell are realities. And sometimes I, I think about that and, and I, get, I get scared um, because I feel that God has... Um, God has given us a, a very weighty responsibility. God has invited us to join Him in something that really matters. God has invited us to participate in something that matters for eternity. And sometimes I'm like, oh, God, why? <laughs> Why do you involve people like, I mean, I look around the room and I'm going like, why does he involve us? And he chooses to involve us because he loves us and because he loves humanity. He chooses to, 
And, and I think love is, is the motive. Love is the motive for him inviting us into this mission, into this, this weighty, this epic mission. I, you know, I don't even know the words to use, but just how, how grandiose, how, how massive this mission is. And because of love, God invites us into this. And so I, I want you to, to be thinking about this person that you're praying for the whole time. I want you to be thinking about the reality of what has God invited you into? What have you, got, what have you actually signed up for? This matters, okay? This is not just, hey, I signed up to, to kind of do a few things and you know, if it works great, if it doesn't, well, it'll all work out. Um, no. This really matters. This really matters, okay? So, are heaven and hell real? And, and, and my, my opinion here, and I, I feel strongly about it, is yes, because we have a credible witness in Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus is the only person who, who said that I am going to die, and then I'm going to come back to life. And he did that. And the fact that he does that then makes me think about, okay, what about all the other stuff that he speaks about? What about all the rest of the stuff he says? If he says this and follows through, and he's the only person, I, if, if you know of anyone else who said, hey, I'm going to die and I'm going to, on my own, come back to, to life, um, let me know, but I don't know of anyone else. But he's a credible witness, and so what he says, we have to take seriously. And Jesus says a lot. He says a lot about heaven and even more about hell. Jesus speaks about hell a lot. Spend some time in the Gospels and, and, and maybe just take some time and read the Gospels with that question. What's Jesus talking about? What's he saying in connection with eternity, in connection with heaven, and in connection with hell? So I believe that Jesus is a, is a credible witness. Uh, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15 that at least 500 people um, saw Jesus after his resurrection. And, and when you look at what those 500 people were prepared to do because of the resurrection, do you know that multiple, many, and, and we don't have all the numbers here, folks who were forced, um, tortured, um, threatened with death, and, and killed, and there was a simple way they could save their lives. They could just say that I don't believe that Jesus is the Christ or that he died and rose again. And they could save their lives. Multiple, multiple people were prepared to die and be tortured for this fact. That says something to me. Folks who saw him and folks who, who, who saw the difference in people's lives believed that Jesus died and rose again and that, so that what Jesus says is credible, is true. And, and the fact that he rose again, I believe, speaks to eternal life speaks to the fact that we, we live forever. Folks, you and I have, have already started this eternal life. It's, it started the point when, when we're born, it starts. We have this life here on earth, and then it doesn't end, but it continues forever. It continues forever. You and I have started eternity. It doesn't just come to an end. And so because of that, um, sharing the gospel really matters. Sharing the gospel really matters. So what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 16. If you have your, your Bible with me, and, and we're going to look at what Jesus says. This is a very clear 
if, if you're doubting heaven and hell, take some time and read this over and over again. But Jesus uses a very clear teaching on both the reality of heaven and hell and the reality of real people. He even names one of them going to these real places. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 um, to 31. And so these are Jesus' words, okay, who I believe is a credible witness, who, who after he says this will actually die, yeah, rise again, and, and then transfiguration leaves, but he's still alive and he's still active in our lives today. And so, so these are Jesus, this is, this is God's words. I believe Jesus is God, and these are his words speaking about what happens to us after we die. Okay, so let's just read it, and, and we're just going to unpack it, just the basic truths in there, okay? Um, verse 19, Jesus' words, red letter Bibles, they're in red. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. So Jesus kind of sets the scene here. We've got two individuals. We've got the rich man, um, and, and purple was a very wealthy color. So this guy is, is rich. He's got lots of influence. Life is good for him. And you've got Lazarus, um, longing to eat the scraps that feel, fall from the rich man's table. Real people. Look what happens. Then the time came when the beggar, Lazarus, died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, hell, where he was in torment. He looked up, this is the rich man, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus at his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. Now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, it's the rich man. Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let, them warn, let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abram replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they'll not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. All right. We're going to get back to that last section, which is beautiful. Um, what are the truths we can know, we can learn from this? Jesus' words, uh, a credible witness. There's life after death. When we die, when our heart stops beating, and 
and we're dead, it doesn't just end there. It's not like we just go to sleep or stop existing. But there is life after death. There is an eternal life that we enter into. And, and we see that um, both Lazarus and the rich man, they both die. Uh, Lazarus is taken to Abraham's side, and, and that's an image of heaven, to being in, in fellowship with those, being in relationship um, with folks like Abraham, um, in God's presence, in, in paradise. The rich man dies and is buried and is in Hades, in hell. And, and so there's these different terms that are used for hell. Um, but both continue to experience their, their surroundings. Lazarus is comforted. He experiences comfort. He experiences relationship. He continues to, he, he, he knows where he is and, and he knows what's going on. The rich man as well. He experiences his surroundings. They're real to him. It's a real place. And they're affected by their surroundings. They're affected by their environment. Okay? So, when you and I die, I believe if we believe Jesus' words, we will continue to exist, we will continue to experience, we will continue to be. Okay? I think the second thing we can learn from this is that heaven is a real place. Heaven is a very real place. Um, Jesus says that Lazarus is taken up by the angels and he is comforted and he is by Abraham's side. And think about it. What, what would that look like? What would it look like to be comforted in heaven? Have you ever thought of that? Oh, wouldn't that just be amazing to be comforted in heaven? Maybe you remember as a child your you know, someone you really loved, maybe your mom or your grandma or, or, or someone close to you comforted you. That, that emotion, that, that feeling, that experience, imagine being comforted in heaven. What would it look like? And so I, I want you to kind of think a little bit about your, your image of heaven. I um, spent quite a bit of time with... Uh, Solid believer, um, older gentleman who, who his image of heaven was um, sitting on a cloud playing a harp. And, and guys, when I say that, most of you go like, oh, please, not that. <laughs> I mean, that, that just doesn't seem like, like, that's not where I want to spend eternity. <laughs> I, but but what, I, what, I want you to, what I want you to think about is, Imagine your dream job. Your dream job. Imagine that. If, if there was no limitation, this is not about a paycheck, this is not about having the, the you know, right tools, the right place. Imagine your dream job. That, that thing that you do, that if, if you could arrange life here on earth, that's what you would do. I believe that's what we get to do in heaven. I believe we get to do that for God's glory. We get to, if, if it's creating something, if, if you love, um, there was a, a time in my life where I did a lot of welding and I, I really fell in love with welding. I mean, you just can create and it works and it's, it's just beautiful. And, you know, you burn yourself and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. But imagine, imagine, and I don't know if that's my dream job, but imagine if I could weld for God. 
And every time I designed something on weld, my welds were always perfect. <laughs> um, everything just worked. And, uh, you know, the welder wouldn't overheat or the power wouldn't fail or anything like that. Everything was just perfect. Maybe baking is your thing. What if every time you baked, it was perfect? And you could share that with other people. One of the guys, um, I just I was reading about heaven. I, and so Randy Alcorn wrote a, a, a really good book about heaven. And, and we should, we should, maybe we should read that again. Um, beautiful book. And he, and he talks about the, the new Jerusalem coming, you know, what we were created for in Eden, what Eden was supposed to be. Now we move from a garden to a city because there's so many more of us. But we get to participate. We get to create. We get to, we get to serve. And I was reading this week, um, and a guy said, in, in heaven, we get to fulfill the two great commandments, loving God and loving others. Imagine doing that, loving God perfectly, without sin, without limitation. With, you know, Jason, imagine loving God with your guitar and, and just being like, like the best rock star, like just, I mean, just the best ability with, with those abilities that we enjoy and being able to use that to, to love God and love others. Two great commandments. We get to fulfill those without limitations in heaven. I, I mean, I just think it's beautiful. I'm, we're going to be working. We're going to be busy. But it's not going to be like, then there's no rush, okay? There's no rush. But we, but we get to create, and, we, and, I, and I think we get to be involved in, in tending and, and caring for creation. We get to, I, I, I love fruit trees. I've always planted fruit trees wherever I am. And um, our, our trees, we've got like eight fruit trees in our backyard. It's a small yard, and they tie together. But, Man, we had these beautiful peaches for a few days. They were just beautiful, and then it rained, and the birds got to them, and they all just dropped off. But imagine being able to tend those fruit trees, and, and every time, that fruit's perfect. No insects, no blemishes, nothing. Perfection. Baking, tending, caring, um, building, singing, um, feeding, um, hospitality. Just all those things that, that, that God, those gifts that God has given us, we get to express them in perfection with no limitation. Maybe that's what he's doing now. Welding beautiful things. Dave will be doing art and speaking languages. So, folks, heaven is a very real place, and, and, and I, I long for heaven. I, I'm really looking forward to heaven. I'm really looking forward to using, using everything that God has given me, the way He's created me, my personality, and, and everything, my giftedness, everything He's given me to, without limitation, without sin, without fear, without hesitation, using that to glorify Him, to worship Him, to love Him, and for others' good, for, for the good of those around us in heaven. Okay, so that's a reality. Heaven is a reality. The other reality is hell. Jesus speaks um, more of hell than of heaven in the Gospels. I believe Jesus is a credible witness, and so we have to take His words seriously. And Je Jesus frequently speaks about hell. 
Now, look how he describes hell in, in, in Luke chapter 16 there. Um, verse 23, this rich man is in torment. Torment. We get the word torture from the same root. He is being tormented. He's being tortured. He is in constant pain and suffering and, and torment. Verse 24 says that he is in agony. He's in agony. He is in pain and agony. Verse 24 so speaks to a fire. And, and hell is described in, in various places as this burning lake of sulfur. I once uh, read someone describe hell as, as this place where you're constantly burning up but never really get burnt up. It just carries on and on and on and on and this feeling of, of being burnt up never goes away. And it's, it's so bad that this rich man, he asks, what's his request? What does he ask for? A drop of water. He's hoping in, in, in this eternal torment. His one desire is for a single drop of water. Just to cool, cool his tongue, cool the flames. Yeah, we'll get to that. So torment, agony, fire, continual burning up. I think the other thing that it, that it speaks to in, this, in Luke chapter 16, Jesus speaks to separation. He speaks to this, this chasm that's there, this, this separation, and it's, it's a separation from all that is good. All that is good. Imagine being separated from all that is good. There's no hope for just anything good. There's no hope even for a drop of water or a friendly smile or, or, or reprieve or just a... There's no hope for rest. There's no hope for sleep. There's no hope for, for anything. You're separated from all that is good. That separation from God and separation from all that is good. Separated from others. He can't go and warn his brothers. He can't go down and warn his brothers. He's separated from them. Separated from everything. If you, Scott, if you went and asked those questions at Casey's or, or, or somewhere, um, folks would go like, man, I'm looking forward to hell because all my friends will be there. How sad. How sad that that is the image that the folks have of hell. That it's going to be a great place. The party continues. You know that slogan, in heaven there's no beer. Uh, no, in hell there's no beer, for sure. And, and, and I believe there'll be some brewers in heaven making phenomenal beer. I mean, if Jesus made wine and it was good, I believe there's some guys whose passion is brewing and it's going to be good. But, but, but you see the twistedness, the, 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 that hell's going to be this great party and heaven's just going to be this boring place? I mean, isn't that the ultimate deception of Satan? Yeah, let's, let's, let's make hell an attractive place. And let's make heaven boring. That way folks will go like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter if I share the gospel with this person or not. You know, the outcome's not, it's not that permanent and it doesn't really matter. And it's not, you know, hell's not that bad and heaven's not that great. So, eh, really? 
Is that what Jesus is saying here? Folks, hell is forever. You don't get to leave when your time's done. You know, when you're half burnt up, oh, all right, yeah, you look pretty bad, you get to go somewhere else now. Or, or this ends, you know, after a while, okay, you've done your time, sentence is paid for, you know, now it just ends. Um, no, it continues forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So does heaven. Both heaven and hell are eternal and forever. And so what's this rich man's response to his situation? Please, please go and warn my brothers. I have five brothers. Please go and warn them. And so he asks Abraham to send Lazarus. And he's thinking that, okay, they've, and and obviously this guy's Jewish because he says, you know, they've got the prophets, they've got Moses and the prophets. So he's got the law and the prophets. And, And he's like, they've got that, but what they really need is they need someone to rise from the dead. And if that happened then they would change their ways because they know the law and the prophets, but they, they're not really listening to them because, you know, that's not important enough or not fancy enough or not miraculous enough. But if someone had to rise from the dead, then for sure they'd listen. Who's saying this? That's oh, Jesus. Jesus is saying, even if someone rose from the dead, what's Jesus about to do? rise from the dead. Isn't that beautiful? It's just, it's so beautiful. But folks, he, he speaks to a truth there that um, there are folks who are convinced and even if, if Jesus rose from the dead, which he did, it's still not going to change their minds. It's still not going to change their minds. One of the things that we need to notice is that we are not in this rich man's position. We're not in his position. The position that we have right now is that we are able to go to our five brothers and warn them. We have this information. We know that this is true. And we have the opportunity to actually go and seek out our brothers and warn them and share this truth with them. This rich man, he had died and, and he cannot change his, his in hell forever. So is Lazarus. He's in heaven forever. And we get to meet Lazarus, okay? We get to meet him and, and, and speak to him. But, but we're not in this, this rich man's position. It's, it's, we still have time. We still have the opportunity to go and warn our families, to go and warn our friends, to go and speak about this. And this is why we have to, why we are obligated to share the gospel, because this matters, folks. And, and in, my own, um, in my own selfish, uh, fleshly thinking, I don't want this to matter. I want the answer to be that heaven is, is real and hell is not. I, I want to answer that way. I want it to be that way because then it doesn't matter and, and, and I'm not, you know, culpable. It's not my responsibility to go and share this with folks. I want it to be easy. And, and I think our culture does this. Our culture, if, you, if you've followed some of the guys who are writing stuff, even within the church, this whole concept of erasing hell. Hey, if we can get rid of hell, I mean, now we've got a win-win situation, don't we? All the good people go to heaven and all the other people, well, 
I don't know, nothing happens to them, but they're not going to hell. Maybe they just, you know, end. Maybe they, they just die. Or somehow they slip in and, and, and it'll be okay. And, and we struggle with this view that, that God is allowing people to go to hell. We struggle with that view. Our view of God um, doesn't allow us always to see that, to say God allows people to go to hell. Um, and so what we do is we, we kind of change the rules and we, we change eternity and we say, oh, well, hell's not real. <coughs> I'm kind of glad I have more than just a drop of water. <coughs> Folks, um, it doesn't matter if we struggle with, with the truth of heaven and hell. It, it doesn't matter if we choose to agree with it or not. It's still real because I believe Jesus is a credible witness. I believe that what he says is true. And I might struggle with it, and I do. I, I, I struggle with it. I, I, wish I, I wish hell wasn't real. I really do. I really wish that it wasn't that way. But it is. And, and I think maybe for us who struggle with, how do people end up in hell? C.S. Lewis, um, if, you, if you open your sheets, um, your message sheet, it's on the front of your message sheet. It's, it's also part of the, your life group questions as well. But listen to this quote from C.S. Lewis that, that is just, it comes back to that shift of allegiance. Okay, Think of that shift of allegiance in terms of the gospel. What is the full gospel? It's a shift of allegiance. Who's king? C.S. Lewis wrote it this way, and I like that guy. He says, there are two kinds of people in the end. Okay, In the end, when life ends, there are two kinds of people. Those who say to God, thy will be done. Okay? So those who, who, who say, God, your will be done in my life. And those, listen to this, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell, choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. Listen to this as well. No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek, find. To those who knock, it is opened. I think that's very important to know that. Um, That no one is going to be in hell by accident. No one's going to end up there and go like, oh, I didn't know. I believe we all have that opportunity and we all make a choice. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, who God is, His power and His nature, who He is, His divine nature, has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Paul says in Romans, we're Everyone is without excuse. It has been plain to see. Those who seek will find. Those who knock, it will be opened. Those who choose to close their eyes and not see and say, I want my will. I want to be on the throne. I want things my way. God's going to say, okay, have it your way. Have it your way. But know that um, Second Peter verse um, 
chapter 3, verse 9 says, God does not want anyone to perish. This is not God's desire. It's not God's desire. God says he does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So what does God do? He sends his son, Jesus Christ, to die, and after three days to rise from the dead and to live. And, and, and not only does he do that, but he gives you and I a part to play. He gives you and I a mission. He gives you and I a very weighty, a very a, a heavy role, a, a massive and important role to play, a mission, a part in this, in this eternal mission. He gives it to us. He, he invites us to participate in this mission and to share the good news with others. He invites us to share the good news with others. So God has given us a choice. Because of His love, C.S. Lewis wrote, because of His love, God will respect our choice. If we've said, God, your will be done, or if we say, no, I prefer my will to be done. God respects that choice because of His love. And my prayer is that in your decision, that you make an informed decision. That you make an informed decision as to where you'd like to spend eternity. I pray that you've um, looked at all the options. And there's only two, okay? There's two options. And I pray that you've looked at those options very carefully and have made an informed decision. But my other prayer is that, that as believers, if, if we've chosen to submit, if we've chosen to say, God, your will be done, and yeah, sometimes I don't fully understand God's will and I don't understand how, how God's able to do all of this, and, but I say, God, your will be done then I have an obligation, I have a responsibility, I have a passion, I have a burning desire to go and share God's will with others. To say, folks, heaven is real. And I, I want to be there with you. I know, I know for sure I'm going to heaven, okay? And the only reason I know that is because of Jesus' work, okay? Not because of anything I've done, okay? Um, praise God, it's not. But it's because of what Jesus has done in my life. I know for sure I came close. January 20th, 2008, I was this close. Yeah, it would have been nice to have gone, but it's, it's kind of cool seeing my kids grow up. Um, but, but I know for sure, I know for sure where I'm going. And you can know. And you can tell other people that they can know for sure. They can know for sure. And it's all because of the cross. It's all because of what Jesus did. The cross as well as the resurrection. The cross and the resurrection. Okay? We've got to make sure we share the whole gospel with them. Folks, there's a lot at stake. And so my prayer is, as you have um, been praying and God has laid someone on your heart, God has put someone on your heart, you would think very carefully about their eternal destiny. I don't want to shame or guilt or like, hey, kind of, you know, yeah, the turn and burn message is kind of not very popular, but it's still true. <laughs> it's still true, okay? Just because we don't like it, it's still true. And so I want us to take some time and pray and really just consider um, God's love, God's love for us. Let's pray. Oh, Father, and honestly, um, God, I... I 
if I could arrange things, I, I'd prefer that hell wasn't real. Um, I'd prefer that you, you hadn't placed this weight, um, this, this heavy burden on us to, to share our faith. Um, that, that everyone just went to a great place and, and life was just good and it, it all turned out for good. But Jesus, you're very clear in the Gospels that, that both heaven and hell are real places. And so, Lord, I, I come now and I, I submit to your truth. I, I, I say that, that I believe that heaven and hell are, are, are real and true and, and, and those descriptions are, are just a taste. I don't think we can get our heads around the beauty and the, the goodness of heaven. And I believe that we can't even start to imagine the torment and the agony and the the separation and the, the, the badness of hell, how, how bad it really is. I don't think we can even start to understand that. And Lord, we can't get our heads around eternity. We can't get our heads around forever and ever. That, that both heaven and hell continue forever. There is no end to the goodness of heaven and there is no end to the torment and agony of hell. Jesus, I pray you'd, you'd, you'd transform our minds. You'd, you'd, you'd make that truth so true in our minds that, Father, we'd be so passionate and so clear and so excited about sharing the gospel. Jesus, you, you've given us this, this opportunity to be involved. We can't save people, but we can make sure that they make an informed choice. They make an informed decision. They know what's at stake here. We get to share our stories with them. We get to share the reality of, of heaven that is just amazing. And Father, give us the boldness to share the reality of, of hell, even when we don't want to even when we'd prefer to, to just skip over that part of the gospel. Oh Lord, work in our hearts. Jesus, give us a desire and a passion. This person that, that you are laying on our hearts, this person that we, have, that we are making a commitment to pray for. And Father, I pray that if, if, if we don't know who they are yet, that you would just make it very clear who that person is. And Father, as we write that name on the card and pop it, pop it in the box, Father, we would continue to pray for them. We would continue to pray that you change our hearts as we share our story and your story, your good news with them, and how that has changed our lives. Lord, as we, we create those and, and, and develop those intentional relationships, as we speak about heaven, as we ask the questions, do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in hell? Do you know where you're going? Why? Jesus, as we ask those questions, would you, um, would you give us a passion and a desire and excitement to see people make informed choices, to choose to surrender, to choose to submit, to choose to say that, Father God, your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my life. Jesus, I want to I give up, and, and, and I, I, I almost have to keep doing this. I want to keep giving up my self-determination, my, my, my own kind of selfish, I'm going to figure this out my way. God, I don't want my way. I want your way. I want your will. 
I want your will to be done for this person that I'm praying for because your will, your desire is that none should perish and that all should come to repentance. Father, I want your will for them. And I want to be involved. I want to be involved in sharing your will with them, sharing your good and pleasant and beautiful will. I want to be involved in sharing your love for them. Father, I want to speak your love into their life. I want them to know that they are loved by a God who, who is inviting them into heaven. A God who, who desires that none should perish, but that all would be in this love relationship with you. God, change my heart. I want it to be all about you every moment of the day, in every relationship, in every way. And God, thanks that we have hope. Um, I am so looking forward to heaven. I long to just um, worship you and, and love you without limitation, without hindrance, without any, anything holding me back. And Jesus, I, I'm looking forward to serving and loving others without limitation, with no time limits, with no financial limits, with no gifting limits, with no ability limits just to be able to serve others and love them. And and together we would worship you and enjoy you and and just glorify your name and and walk with you and visit with you and and just be known fully and and, and you would just delight in us fully. Thank you that you already delight in us, Lord. I'm looking forward to just knowing that and seeing that fully and clearly. Jesus, thank you. Lord, my, my prayer is for us here. Lord, would each one of us um, would you give us a boldness to be your church, to be your, your sons and daughters, to, to share this, this message that is not always popular, but to share this message so that no one would ever say that I walked past them and I didn't share that message. Jesus, give us a boldness. I pray you just embolden us as a church. Make us courageous. Give us, um, just, yeah, take away all the limitations. Just help us to speak clearly and, and to, to do your will. Pray the Crossroads would be known as a church that is bold for the kingdom, bold about speaking about heaven and hell, speaking about your love, demonstrating your love, sharing your love, and enjoying your love. Yeah, we pray this all in your name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.